0: Thanks again for listening to the Park Hills podcast. This week, we talk about women in the Bible, all kinds of them. If you got questions or things that you want to follow up on, don't hesitate to reach out to us. You can go to parkhillschurch.com or the Park Hills Church app, and you'll find everything you're looking for there. So no small topic, no uh, lack of characters that are female, but we thought we'd just kind of spend a little time because we just had a sermon about two different women that chose different paths as they walk with God. And so, you know, the first question we kind of wanted to deal with here is who's your favorite woman in the Bible or, or multiple women in the Bible? And then I'll do my best to answer the same.
1: Oh man, you know, that that's tough. There's so many that, that might fit in that category. Um, you, you know, I know she's famous and, and gets a lot of press, but when we think about uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, you know...
0: It's a safe choice. Yeah, it is.
1: Okay. <laughs> it, it, is that a Sunday school answer? <laughs> um, no, but really what what to me is, significance is, is a, significant is this is a, is a young woman mm-hmm. who's engaged, betrothed, um, and gets told, um, this pretty amazing thing's going to happen to you. You know, you're going to, you're going to bear a son and his name shall be called Jesus. He'll be great. He'll be called son of the most high and the Lord will give you, give him the throne of the father, uh, reign over the house of Jacob, Israel, uh, forever and his kingdom will have no end. What an amazing thing. Um, and just a logical question for her, from her, how will this be since I'm a virgin? And then to be told the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Holy, uh, the Most High will overshadow you and a child will be born to you, okay? Well, that's that's all well and great, um, but but nothing is impossible with God. Pretty key and her response, I, I believe, is so beautiful. It's one of the best in Scripture. It is, and Mary said, "Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word." Um, Years and years ago, we had an, an interim preacher, preacher here named Jim Harness. And mm-hmm. I, I still remember him drawing attention to this. And he just said she was willing to follow God in ambiguity. And mm-hmm. that's a pretty ambiguous. Here's what's going to happen. Here's the basic details. But there's, there was a lot of blanks that were left unfilled and all kinds of risk for her to, to be, you know, impregnated and, and engaged and have it not be Joseph's child. And, and what a, what an amazing response. And then even her song of praise, the Magnificat after that, just beautiful, beautiful stuff.
0: It's amazing. And I, I was an intern when Jim was preaching through those, cause it was really an Advent series yep. that was tremendous. And I, that, that that ambiguity thing has stuck with me as well. It's mm-hmm. one of those things where, when I don't know what's coming next, and I'm talking to the Lord, and I'm just going, "I don't know what's next," it's been really crazy that that thought pops in my head. And you don't need to know; I, I've got you. Yeah. Trust the word that my servant Jim, you know, shared with you all those years ago. And yeah,
1: what you need to know is, I, I'm God, and yeah. I've got this under control. And, and He's good. We we don't do that well. No. We we want to plan things out. We want to know what's going on, and that's why we make the plans, and that's why we do. You know, but you got to go back into James and going, okay, unless the Lord wills. Um, but what a what a beautiful re- response from this young, it's amazing. young Hebrew, a girl who uh, imagine that the Lord chose well in that case. Right. You know, and I, you talk about women of the Bible. I don't know how you do that without talking about Esther, right? Again, there's so many other ones that, that could be brought out, but what a first of all, fantastic story. Arguably one of the greatest uh, stories of the tables being turned. I, yeah. I don't know how you beat the story of Esther there, and if you haven't read it lately, go do it. But just To be presented a plan that was a highly risky plan, you know, you're going to go before the king and all that stuff, and you're going to, you know, um, and to be told, for if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish, Mm -hmm. and who knows whether you have have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this, And, and for her to go, all right. Mm-hmm. and then I will go to the king, even though it's against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Isn't that cool? It's amazing. Uh, if I, I'm i going to risk my life for this. I, I believe you're right that this is my time to shine. And if it's not or if this, if this doesn't go well, then it doesn't go well, but I'm going to be obedient. And most of us struggle to be obedient with something that might be Slightly risky because someone will think something of us or we struggle to be obedient because we're just fearful of, of you know, doing it wrong or something like that. But I'm going to go and be obedient and I, I might just have my head lopped off with a sword for doing this. Right. I perish, I perish. She says, what a what a cool thing. And what amazing, amazing sequence of events that happens where God just honors it. And ironically, it's, you know, pride that brings her enemy down or hangs him up. Maybe we might, we might say better. What a cool story.
0: Yeah, there's so many of those. I mean, you know, you read Ruth and you go, what an amazing woman of faith who... You start asking the question, how does a Moabite even know who the Lord is? That's crazy. Yeah. You know, we talked about her briefly a little bit ago. You know, you think of uh, some of the heroes in the book of Judges. You know, the women really often step up and become the character that you most want to aspire to be. Yeah, Right? If I was going to pick a judge to, like, want to be like, it'd be Deborah or... Uh, you know, JL is the one who puts the tent peg through the guy's uh, temple, and you're like, "That's awesome!" That you was, know? Yeah, all the guys are <laughs> like, "Go girl!" <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> but then you've got these amazing characters with Jesus. You know, Mary Magdalene, mm-hmm. uh, the these Susanna and uh, at the moment I'm forgetting her other name, but the there are various individuals that are following Jesus and walking with him in Luke yeah. eight, mm-hmm. and as they do so. They are uh, supporting the ministry. They're actually helping pay for the disciples to, to do what needs to be done. Yeah. And then you move forward and you're like, they're the ones at the at the, the grave, you know, ready to anoint him and, and prepare him for burial. And then they're the ones that tell the message of Jesus has risen from the grave. The fact that Jesus even decides to let the angel tell the women, they're the ones that are the first proclaimers of Jesus rising from the grave. Yeah. That's not usual. And then you move forward into the the book of Acts and you've got all these amazing characters whether it's Rhoda the, you know, the servant girl who opens the gates so that Peter can come in. Well, she almost <laughs> forgets right at first and then you know and then you've got these amazing characters like, you know, Priscilla and uh her, she's always mentioned before her husband Aquila. That seems to suggest that Priscilla maybe was more of a leader in the church than even her husband was. And I just, when I look through the Bible, I'm pretty amazed at the way in which women are elevated in ways that a lot of us maybe wouldn't expect because they think the church is anti-women or they think the church is uh, anti-some element of this, which really, you know, is not fair, but I understand why people would come to those conclusions.
1: Yeah. And and it really becomes a an interesting point i mean it, the the subject of genders is, is very important in the bible and even what you were just saying about how significant these women show themselves to be in in the biblical text is very significant when you consider the culture within the within which these are being written totally because that that was the that was the way of the time you know you, you didn't have these predominant women you know making their way into history so to speak so just speaks to the, their great faith and it's it's, a, it's an important subject to, to just even see how, how gender plays out in Scripture.
0: It is. And I think even the fact that we live in the strange culture that we do right now where some of these gender discussions are becoming a little uh, – there's so many words floating through my head that I don't feel like I should say for the podcast. Strange. Yeah. Peculiar. I want to say like wonky <laughs> capricious. or capricious stronger than those things. But you know when you think about gender in the Bible, God is is often uplifting both male and female. I mean even from the get-go, it's not good for man to be alone and he, he's mm-hmm. raising up a female out of the man to allow him to have the companionship and the the connection that he needs to succeed. And so this this idea of even helpmate has sometimes been portrayed as a really negative thing I don't know who I would be without my wife I don't right. know what my life would not look the way it does and the Bible seems to suggest over and over again the Kingdom of Israel is better with with women helping serve the the church is better with women in in significant roles helping lead the church or helping guide the church in some way and so I, I don't I don't know where some of this comes from because if you compare Christianity, for example, with maybe other faiths, there's a number of of issues that, when you really get to the bottom of it, it should be that women are the most welcome in Christianity. When you compare them to some of the other faiths, they they have a place at the table. They have a, a discussion. Yeah. The only issue that some people have is that there's a number of passages that deal with 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 the the term pastor elder. Mm-hmm. And it, and it seems to be male-dominated. And that doesn't mean that males then should dominate the leadership discussion. It just means that the Bible is saying that. And I think there's a lot of reasons for that. I don't want to get into all that on the, on the podcast per se. But I just want to say that it's really important that, that gender does matter in the Bible. And, and w- with that in mind, then, I, I want to think about my sister and my wife and my daughters when I'm preaching. I, I'm, when I'm preaching, especially on a Sunday morning— because you know you, we both get to speak at other places sometimes, other churches or other you know events or you know conferences and things like that. When we when we speak somewhere else, I'm I'm always usually to a specific age group, right? So it could be a senior high camp or a junior high camp, and then it's a lot easier to preach directly to them. Yeah. But on a Sunday morning, I'm preaching to potentially a seven or eight year old who might be leading the kingdom. If we go back to the last <laughs> podcast, uh, you know they're they're are significant members of our of our congregation, but they're young, and I. So I even dodge words sometimes in mm-hmm. a second service that I yeah. wouldn't in a first because I'm looking at the ages as I walk in and I'm thinking, all right, but I'm preaching to seven-year-olds to 97-year-olds. And I'm not only preaching to males, but I'm preaching to females as well. And so there's a lot of times where I'm writing a message and I'm thinking, I know how this this applies to a you know a middle-aged man. How does this apply to a female? What what needs yeah. to happen there? And so there's a really formative book for me when I was in seminary called Preaching to Women. Uh that all it was basically making the case of is we're not speaking to one gender. Yeah. And if the Bible's saying that gender does matter and, and again, that females do have a valuable role in, in a church organization or any organization for that matter, then we should be preaching to all people. So if I'm thinking about an illustration that's dealing with teenagers, I should also be thinking, how's this going to speak to the females in the group or, um, you know, a female teenager versus a male teenager. And so even as a youth pastor, there were a lot of moments where I would say, you know, where I noticed that most of the males were maybe chasing pride or uh, achievements on, on the, the arena, sports or whatever. It wasn't that we had, didn't have females trying to do that same, but we often had the issues with our females chasing after popularity or acceptance or fitting in. Yeah. And so I would make illustrations that spoke to both. And I found that super helpful. And on a Sunday morning, we can't speak to every single person every single Sunday. But I think it is important that we're kind of thinking about all these people and, and how this all fits together, so we don't do it perfectly
1: no, no, we don't and one of the challenges is that obviously we all see life through our own lens right, and trying to remove that lens so to speak and and see through another lens is a challenge and it's something that you know you and I I know pray about as we do those things too because we want we want to be uh as relevant as we can. We know scripture is always relevant, but we don't want to cloud it with our own mm-hmm. biases and our own lenses. But what a, what a beautiful picture the, the word is of how God uses us all and different roles, but not lesser. Right. Very much so. And, and it, even as we think about those roles and who's maybe first at this or whatever, you know, Jesus is always talking about, Hey, the first will be last and the last will be first. And I, you know, I, I think that's a great encouragement for, for us who, when, when any of us serve in supporting roles or different roles, uh, it's an encouragement to know that the Lord sees that and the Lord has a design for things and we just do our best to follow what the word says. And, and that's not always popular.
0: No. It's not, and that's unfortunate, but it's the world that we live in. And so yeah. I think we're both admitting, you know, we we see the, the female characters in the Bible. We are amazed by them and blessed by them. We see the importance of gender in the Bible. We also see the, necess- the necessity of preaching to all people, uh, and that, you know, that covers every possible swath that you could think of. But we're never going to be perfect at it. Yeah. And so having some grace from you, the listener, uh, just to even know that this is our heart, you know, that it, you've heard messages from both of us. I'm thinking about even in the last year, especially closing up Acts and, you know, as we work through Revelation and some other spots, we, we are thinking through illustrations. How does this speak well to this person or how does this speak well to this person? And so even though we might have, you know, um, forgotten, say, Mother's Day,
1: No, does it ever happen? As a holiday,
0: it it wasn't intentional. It's just we're 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 guys, and we don't always think things through the way that we should. So, all that to say, we love you, and we we are happy to see God use all of us to serve His kingdom. Uh, Walk with us, and if you notice areas that we can improve, we are always open to those conversations. So, we love you, brothers and sisters. Amen to that.